I started coffee with humans as a way to make meaningful connections. See, I believe when people on individual journeys cross paths, real good can come from that. And in that sacred moment, we have the opportunity to do three things. Name reality and describe the future we want. Destroy things for our good by moving on from that which no longer serves us. Create or recreate ourselves, moving us to the reality we describe. That's the essence of coffee with humans, making the world a better place. One conversation at a time. Hey, welcome. We are live here with Coffee with Humans. I am Jason Todd. My honored guest here today is Hugh Creasy. His wife, Lynn, was on a couple just a couple weeks ago. Luscious Lynn. Luscious. I go with Luscious Lynn. <laughs> Listen here. <laughs> Keep it down. The thing that the thing that uh, intrigues me most about all these Zoom calls that people get on is they make up these fake backgrounds. And I remember when <laughs> Lynn got on here, I was like, okay, level with me. Is that a real boat? <laughs> and yeah, it is a real yeah, boat. What's up with that? <laughs> I, I actually, uh, I, I, select, I, I decided to sit somewhere different in the boat. So you got a different view today rather Thank than you. our our traditional. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a new spot for me. Yeah, yeah you've got quite the background. We live on a boat, big windows. That's what we like. Big yeah. windows, lots of light. I never talked to Lynn about this. What's what's the deal with it like swaying? Does it sway or is it pretty even or how's that uh, work? It, it, it can sway. It, it all depends on the conditions, right? So we're we're anchored. Uh, sorry, we're docked in a marina. It's a big okay. marina. It's well protected. Sure, if it blows 30 or 40 knots, uh, the boat moves around a little bit. But Lynn always says it's uh, sort of like a big waterbed. Yeah. I'm not quite, I'm I not grew up uh, with a... My dad had a sailboat. He had like a 27-foot sailboat. And okay. I remember going out, tooling around some lakes, not far from here. And once or twice, we maybe maybe more, I don't remember, but once or twice at least, we spent the night on a boat. And it's really pleasing. It's mm. just the, there's a gentle rocking, there's a little breeze. Uh, yeah, I love it. It. Can, it can be very enjoyable. Yeah. There's also the other end of the spectrum, but... <laughs> We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> yes. <I'm laughs> right sure. now I've got Lynn conned into it. So let's just stay there. Right. <laughs> Here's all the ways it can go bad. They don't tell you that in the manual, though, I bet. They're just like. Don't, don't watch videos on YouTube about everything that can go wrong in a boat. <laughs> You'll never leave. Right. I started yeah. rock climbing years ago. And <laughs> and then shortly after, started watching all the rock climbing fail YouTube videos, right. which was like, oh, <laughs> That can happen. Maybe this is a bad idea. What was the um, what was the movie that came out a couple of years ago where the guy scaled? I think it was El Cap. Uh, oh, free hand, yeah. free. What do you yeah, call that it? Was, free, uh, freestyle or rookout rope? Uh, yeah, he free climbed El Cap. Uh, his name is Alex Honold. That's right. Uh, I can't remember the name of the. Movie, have you done though. El Cap? I Are have you not. that kind of climber? Okay. No, I'm. I. Uh, no, that terrifies me. 
<laughs> so I had never heard about El Cap. I mean, I think I'd been to Yosemite as a kid. You know, kind of grew up in San Francisco, definitely on the West Coast, but in that at that time in San Francisco. And uh, as I became an adult, I was aware of El Cap. But the first time I ever really realized people climb that, and that it's a long trip. I mean, you could spend you spend overnight going up. A lot uh -huh. of people spend overnight going up. And this guy went up in what four hours or something. <laughs> uh, but a friend of mine who was into climbing, her and her boyfriend used to climb halfway up and then drop acid. What? In their hammock. Stop it. Story that goes. Like a terrible idea. <laughs> yes. Now, truthfully, okay, I'm going to level with you, Hugh. I've never had acid, but I've seen people who have. <laughs> You're, no, I know you're. I know you're very quiet on this matter. That's fine. <laughs> no comment. We don't have to dig up the past. But oh, I as a climber, I think, I think everybody be, should try it. But, that's um, a terrible idea. You think everybody idea. should try it? Yeah, I think it's yeah. really it, it uh, opens minds. Did you it, did you see the Netflix uh, video on that recently? There's a Netflix movie. No. Oh, it was so good, and the the whole point was, and, and they they talked to you know, pop to musicians and artists and that type of stuff. And uh, the whole point was that the experience in a safe space, the experience is really mind altering in a very, in a very moving and beneficial way. Hmm. Uh, and I, I can see how that could very well be true. Um, so yeah, look, I, I don't want to I don't want this whole conversation to revolve around drugs or something like that. But <laughs> but interestingly enough, so I'm not a I'm not a big advocate of taking mm -hmm. LSD. It's not it's something I did a long time ago. And and sure, it's an experience. But when I say everybody should try it, I think that uh, that there are certain substances and clarity that comes from things like, you know, mushrooms, for example, mm -hmm. Oregon just passed, interestingly enough. Uh, the legalization of mushrooms for medicinal purposes, which I found fascinating that it actually yeah. passed. But um, I'm reading right now Michael Pollan's book about, gosh, I can't remember the title. Uh, do you know my, you know Michael Pollan? Omniv uh, Omnivore's Dilemma. Okay. He's in a few different books. Anyway, he talks about the benefits, the, the science behind the benefits of uh, some psychedelics. And magic mushrooms being one of them. And yeah. the opening to the book, um, we're not going to talk about the, we're not going to talk about psychedelics this whole time, but the opening <laughs> of this book um, talks about the benefit of being able to reduce your ego or eliminate your ego while you are tripping on magic mushrooms. And also that you change the routine of your mind, you get out of the ruts. So the topic that we did want to talk about was travel. And he relates, he relates, nice segue, right? That was really smooth. The, smooth. The, um, he relates travel to having the similar effect as someone consuming magic mushrooms for the purpose of disrupting one's patterns and routines in their mind. Yeah. Because when you travel, of course, you have to go figure stuff out. Yep. Yeah. That makes absolute, absolute sense. They talk about it also uh, in terms of routines and habits um, that children who are uh, uh, learning to be potty trained, 
one of the best times to do it is when you go on vacation because their normal routine is disrupted. Their circumstances are disrupted. You know, they don't have the the corner of the room, you know, where they stand and tell you that they're not going to the bathroom. Right. That's right. <laughs> Interesting. I've never heard that philosophy, but I like it. Yeah, it's totally it true. Uh, we tried it with our kids. It was very successful. Uh, my, but there's uh, a lot of research on it. My eldest, our eldest, uh, will kill me for telling this story, but <laughs> we went, uh, we, we as a family always did a lot of uh, travel and backpacking. I mean, as a young family, we didn't get to travel overseas a lot, but uh, we did a lot of local travel and a lot of that was by car. And I had a pickup truck at the time and our eldest, um, Jamie, uh, had to go to the bathroom. And if she was, I don't know, a year and a half, two years old, right? So she had one of these little colorful porta potties. Well, it was in the back of the truck and we're on the side of the freeway. So we dropped the tailgate, stuck the porta potty on the back of the tailgate, you know, and she's sitting on this thing, waving the traffic as it's going by at 60 <laughs> miles an hour on the side of the freeway. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so not home environment, not exactly traveling either, but right. Same sentiment. It's true though. The what you're talking about with these uh things that disrupt beneficially our mind, whether it's chemicals, substances that now a great amount of research is starting to be uh be done on some of these mind-altering chemicals and how they can be combined with psychotherapy to great effect, vastly exceeding uh traditional, you know, psychotherapy for things like PTSD and that those those issues that are really hard to deal with where like you talked about there's there's a pathway through the brain that is carved because that's what our brains do they just they carve pathways and we just keep doing it uh like you say those chemicals disrupt it yeah and then uh yeah travel and and pursuing passions and that type of stuff very similar because you get outside of your normal your normal circumstances into an area that uh you have to figure something out, which I I uh, like traveling to to new places and then staying there for a period of time, because that I think allows you to acclimate to that environment instead of just like dropping in and then boop gone with no kind of no personal effect on yourself. It seems right. like you're cool. similar. Check the box. I saw Ecuador. Check the right. box. I saw. Yeah. I know people who travel like that, right? I think different people have different travel philosophies. And um, I I've know, I know people now who are, you know, I'm on my 38th country or what, whatever their hit list is. Yeah. And I certainly have a short list of places I'd like to see. But like you expressed, I think the experience is what I'm more interested in when I travel. So fewer places, I, I will have to admit, I have compressed a lot of places into some short trips but generally i would prefer to go experience a place for a long time and fall in love with it experience yeah. it like a local exactly that's part, of, that's part of what the boat is about it's not exactly we get to go experience a place like a local however if we took our boat let's say to tahiti hypothetically could be in the cards Lynn, watch out. <laughs> she's going to uh -oh. wake up. What? what? If she's watching, you're going to end up with a comment in the comment box. Which, oh, by the way, if people have comments or questions, drop them in the comment box. We'll get your question. She said she might join. All right. Um, that is sort of the plan, though. The plan is to go do some extensive sailing uh, as yeah. our 
careers come to a wind and, and we want to go do more travel. But what a great way to go do it. So my point was you don't get to necessarily experience all aspects of a place like a local. However, you, get, you also get to go home every night. So our boat is our home. So how great is it you can go to experience a place in Mexico or places in Mexico or around the world and still go home every night? And it's, a, it's an amazing combination of, of um, like home comfort and travel at the same time. So provided you actually get off your boat, go ashore and experience local culture, um, you get to experience that aspect as a local and get to really know places because you're not in a hurry. You're not bound by the same constraints. Money is not such an issue because you're staying in your own home. So you're not paying for hotels and transportation and lots of different facets. You, you know, you cook at home if you want. Yeah. Save. I think that's super important. There's, uh, you seem to be kind of a research oriented guy in some ways. There's been some research done on people when they sleep in new places that half your mind stays awake uh, for several I, nights at least. Which is never, why never sleeping in a new place is just, you know, it's like, man, it just didn't sleep so good. But your brain becomes acclimated to that environment and then rests. And so moving from moving from location to location uh, never allows your mind to rest. Whereas if you, like you're talking about, you come home every night, that's your space, your brain is ready to rest, which then makes your days uh, even more valuable. That's a very interesting philosophy. I've never heard that, but I'm going to look that up. I have no references to cite. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard it. Did you I find it, it on TikTok? Is that what you heard? That's Is that what you got? <laughs> yeah. They were like, your brain never shuts off. <laughs> and I was like, swipe. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different app. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't. Right, exactly. I don't know. I don't know if you swipe. On How do you know that? Or not. I don't know. It's. A, I watch, I watch my kids. I watch my kids using it. That's like the meme of the century. We're gonna look back on this. We're gonna be like, swipe right, swipe left. Yeah. I never know <laughs> if it should be right or left. It's probably people. why I get connected to some weird people. That's a weird thing too. Swiping right on people. That's weird. I don't yeah. get it. I don't know if right or left is the right direction. But how did we meet? Left or right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So that means that, okay, so let's bring this back to coffee with humans. Coffee with humans, one of the things is I, I was thinking about this, I was just driving around in my car the other day, thinking about how people have conversations like this all the time, just no one's ever invited. So if we went to a business function, I might, you know, meet you in line at the buffet or at the bar getting a drink, and then we'd be like, hey, what do you do? And I'll be like, oh, here's what I do. Oh, that's cool. And then we're just talking, and it's just a normal conversation, but nobody's invited. And that's what Coffee with Humans does. It's just a normal conversation with somebody who is like, subject me to this torture, and then <laughs> allow the community of viewers to watch. <laughs> it reminds me back of like, I don't know, back in the UK or England, right? When they, when they put the, I don't know, pe wouldn't people gather to watch the insane, the insane asylum? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was entertainment. So, I mean, we're just in the fishbowl. We're the entertainment for the rest of the world right hey, now. Hey, you know, they did that in, uh, uh, in Greece, right? With the gladiators and stuff. That's I mean, right. 
you go watch somebody die, which is altogether Horrific. something horrible. Yeah, I'm not up for that. Uh, but the but the fishbowl, you know. I mean, I'm sort of living in it, so it feels natural. Yeah, exactly. So, um, um, I, so mm -hmm. I I love this platform. I, okay. As soon as so, when Lynn <laughs> told me about it, I was like, yeah, what? Do you, uh, sounds okay. And then I saw the video. I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. And then How, why? I I don't, I don't know. It was just help uh, me out. <laughs> just because it was such a just a fun natural dialogue, right? It's just two people getting to know each other. Yeah. So even right before we got on the call, obviously we're <laughs> connecting a little bit, but we wanted to hold back a little bit because it was uh, just natural, good conversation. That's true. So one of one of the doing my research, <laughs> well, I watched one of your videos with okay. uh, Jess Bowling. Yes. Oh my goodness! I wrote Colorado. it down. Is yep. that where she is? I wrote it down. Am I willing at this time to make the investment required to make a positive difference on this topic? Yes. I love it. Isn't that great? <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you for sharing that. How long ago was that video with her? I, uh, I talked to Jess, I'm going to say May. Okay. Probably May. Yeah. I, I love the topic. It's a little unrelated to what we're talking about here now. But, it's you know. so good though. That it saying it revolutionized. There have been, there have been few things that I can point to and like, man, that really made a difference. One is noise canceling headphones <laughs> revolutionized my life because I didn't realize what a sensory issue I had with blocking out background noise. And now I noise canceling headphones and I would sit in Starbucks back when we could sit in Starbucks and I'd type, 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 type. And the whole world was gone. And I would just listen to music with no words and zone out for hours and hours and hours and hours. I loved it. Revolutionized my life. Well, and that saying in a similar way just came in at the right time and allowed me to cancel out background noise in a way that very few sayings uh, had before. And it's, and it's a filter, right? So am I willing at this time to make the investment required to make a positive difference on this topic? And what I realized for me is I had been put putting my nose in things that I could not have made a positive difference. It wasn't the time I couldn't make a positive difference, but I wasn't willing to put forth enough effort into the situation to, to, uh, you know, kind of to make that change or, or make a difference. And if, if those things don't work, just back out. There's no reason that, uh, it released me from having to be a part of conversations that I had no business being part of. I wasn't interested enough or it wasn't the time. Yeah. That's fantastic. I think the really interesting analogy to noise canceling headphones. I have a set myself. I love them. Uh, but yeah, this helps you just tune out the noise. Five ah. criteria, really easy, quick to ask yourself, yeah. filter out the noise. Love it. It, I, I print it out a couple times. I put it on my computer, I put it in my car and I put it on my desk just so I could see it. And I'd repeat it to myself. <laughs> yeah. So I, I live in, uh, I live in a, I no. let me rephrase that. I live with this Lynn now. We're, em <laughs> We're empty nesters, so I don't live in this environment, but lived in for many years, this environment. Um, you know, I live with a spouse and two daughters. My daughters, our daughters, uh, 18 and 20 years old. There was a lot of chatter. There was a lot of noise in the house. 
was not bad. We had some great conversations, but uh, I wish I had bows back then. Honestly, I wish I had this quote back then because um, it's pretty easy to become, I don't know, I guess reactionary to, to comments and things that are going on around us and being able to mm -hmm. learn to filter those things out rather than just shutting down but actually consciously making a decision to not engage for certain reasons um, would be, would be really helpful for, I think for anybody. I think so. You make a good point. Figure out. Yeah. You, you make a good point with uh, interpersonal relationships, particularly in noisy, noisy environments where everybody else is, you know, they're, they're fully engaged, but for whatever reason, it's just not the time you're not willing, you don't, can't put forth the effort. doesn't mean you have to check out entirely. But it does mean consciously you consciously don't engage in, uh, uh, for me at least, and I think that's what you're saying. Consciously don't engage energy into it and get like worked up or something like that. That's I think it's beneficial. Yeah, well, I like what Jess said too. She's got a she she's learned that she has a finite amount of energy to give. And I think I mean, we all do. I've never looked at myself as, as a person who kind of caps out at some point. I know that people do. I know now at 53 years old, I do have a finite amount of energy that I'm willing to put towards things. But I like the way Jess said it, right? I'm not gonna spend my energy on something that, that I'm not invested in or I, I don't wanna spend my energy on because I won't have it when I want it. When I want to engage in a healthy dialogue, um, I may be spent. Yeah. That would suck. Yeah. And for guys, you know, maybe like you and me, uh, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you're, you're good at the things that you're uh, good at. And those things are many. And so you can, you can do a lot of things. You can think through a lot of things. You're dreaming, you're hoping, you're planning, you're scheming, you're a good creator. When when there's a dialogue that's happening that you feel like you want to get involved in, it's easy to engage in that when in fact it's no, there's no reason to, because it's kind of like the, just cause you can, doesn't mean you should, <laughs> you know, if you don't have the energy or you don't, you're not willing or something like that, you know, you just, you consciously back out of it. And, you know, I think so. I like this too, because you can, you can explain this to somebody, not that people ask you, why aren't you engaging in a conversation? But, you know, it's pretty easy to say right now, like it doesn't fit these criteria for me. Right. Or what, you know, why were you so quiet the other night? Well, it didn't fit the criteria for me. So I like that. Right. Anyway, it releases the, uh, let's move on to something else. Yeah. It really, <laughs> it releases the responsibility. That's what it did for me. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I am not well, responsible. <laughs> <laughs> there are, um, you know, there are a few things that Lynn and I have used uh, over the years while we raised our family. And one of those tools was life. We let life teach a lot of lessons. Life is really good at teaching lessons. So I think <laughs> on your call with, I think on your call with her, uh, with Lynn, uh, FIO came up. Do you recall that? I do. <laughs> yeah, if I yeah. figure it out. And I was so, like, what? <laughs> figure it out. So, let, you know, li life will teach you. You just have to go engage and figure it out. And 
there are certain lessons I think that it's easy to go figure out or it's beneficial to go figure out the hard work behind it makes the experience and the lesson all the more richer. But this quote is something that should be shared early in one's life. I'm sharing this with people, our children, but um, it's one of those lessons that couldn't be learned early, too early in life. Yeah. And it's one of those things that's hard to come by just as a life lesson because it takes years before you look back and go, ah, I wish there was a lesson about that. Totally. So, and that, uh, to be clear, I want to give credit where credit is due. That is a yeah. quote from Marshall Goldsmith. Okay. I am jotting that down. I'm going to put it up on the, uh, since you brought it up, I'm going to put it up on the screen here. <clears throat> I read a quote the other day, one of the most significant quotes that I've recently been impacted by. And I won't do it justice because I haven't thought about it for a while. And I can't recall who said it, um, but it was, uh, how does it go? Complacency is the cancer of time. No, I said it wrong. The cancer of time is complacency. And uh, I read it. Lynn was here with me. I got tears in my eyes and I almost quit my job that day to go travel. Really? Yeah. That was about two weeks ago. Wow. I'm 53. I'm, I'm like, we're about four years away from retirement right now and it can't come fast enough for me. I, I, I have a great job. I, I like the work that I do. I like the people I work with. There's no reason for me to like be egging to get out of, uh, out of work other than I just have a lot I want to go do. But yeah, anyway, it's time. That, I found it. I found that was an interesting quote. Yeah, that's really yeah. The the cancer of time is complacency. Yeah. That so if Lynn's, on, if Lynn's on, maybe she uh, maybe she'll weigh in on where we where we read that quote. But yeah, here's an, here's another one. Yeah. Let's see if I can show you this. Okay. Can you read that? Dignity and dignity grace. and grace. Those are the okay. last. Those are the th the last three words that my father wrote that I try to live by. Okay. Impactful. We talked about impactful quotes. My yeah. father passed last year, and uh, he wrote some some kind words to his family before he departed for the hospital uh, on his way out. And those were the last three words that he wrote to embrace. Wow life and the challenges that it faces that, that we face in life uh, with dignity and grace. So that's another impactful quote from Mike Creasy. Yeah. That's awesome. It, it's those principles I find that, um, that lend direction, right? It's kind of like the compass, you know, in your boat, you're out at sea, the compass is invaluable sometimes because one direction looks the same as the other. And, uh, you know, if the wind isn't blowing, who knows where, what any, you know, where anything is at and you've got that compass. And I think those quotes 
are kind of like a method to, hey, I feel like I'm off track. Oh, wait a second. I know I'm off track. I got to bring myself back on. It's kind of like aligning ourselves to some sort of grander principle. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think I've learned to use quotes as <laughs> it aligns with what you just said, really. It keeps me directionally correct, is how I've always phrased, not always, but have phrased this, right? It just keeps me in, it doesn't, I don't need to be on point all the time. I don't have to be 100% exa knowing exactly where I'm going. But as long as I'm plus or minus 20 degrees and I'm living with within some certain parameters, the quotes, then I, I know I'm good. There's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of ways to live one's life. And my way is surely not the only way. And God, it's taken me a long, way, long time to figure that out. Yeah. You, well, I think you struggle with I've what? struggled with that for sure. I've struggled with this idea that uh, um, not being correct, right? So <laughs> just doing something uh, and being okay that, eh, that didn't work. And I've read some something from somebody where it's like the majority of decisions you can actually just take back. There are some you can't. Some, you know, are disastrous. Some are really intense. Some are life-changing, life-altering, irrevocable. But many decisions, you you can take them back. So just do it. So people are like, well, you know, I don't know if I should move to such and such a place. And they him and haw on it. It's like, well, move back. <laughs> right. That's, but it becomes this life altering, life changing, life stopping thing instead of, instead of just going, no, forward movement here. You know, like you guys, you decided you're going to be on a, a sailboat. If one day you decided, you know what, enough of the sailboat, presumably you just go back to land. <laughs> it's not a big deal. One could do that. <laughs> right. But absolutely. But other people might look it at your journey. It paralyzes people. Exactly. Other people look at your journey and they're like, I wouldn't, I cannot believe you would ever do that. I couldn't do that. Like all these things, they got built up in their mind. And it's simply not true. Like, you know, you talk about travel. I spent uh, some time with my family traveling for a couple summers for a month and a half at a time. And people would look and go, I could never do that. I'm like, you could. There's all sorts of ways you could actually do it, but you're unwilling to have the conversations that would lead you any closer to that because you just don't want to. You want to do something else more than you want to do that. That's ultimately what the issue is, you, like this idea of complacency. I'm actually okay where I'm at. I think it could be better. I think it could be different, and I'm unwilling to do anything about it. And then time ticks down, and then like you, you know, you're at this point where you're just like, I know what's next, and I can't wait to get there, and yet it's just not time. Like, <laughs> So close. Ah. Yeah. So it, um, it's interesting you say you don't you don't like to be wrong. Like most of us don't like to be wrong, <clears throat> but I I have no problem with failure. So I, I'm a mechanical guy. I'm a mechanical engineer. I'm a I like the mechanics of things, and I'm a doer as well. Not so much a reader or philosophizer. I I go engage. Part of the reason I like to experience travel, I think, is because I go out and do. It gives me the reason 
excuse to go out and do. But uh, when I'm working with things and I fail or I'm wrong, it's just me and the thing. I hate being wrong in the eyes of other people. That drives me insane. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, willing to, uh, willing to cop to it when it's, uh, when it's necessary or required. Yeah. Jeff Bezos talks about it, that when you know 80% of the information, then make a decision and do it. Uh, instead of waiting for the last 20% to come in. And too often people wait for the last 20% to come in because they are unwilling to be wrong. They don't want to be, they don't want to fail. They don't want the news to write about them, you know, in such a negative way. Sure. So interestingly, you bring up Jeff. Uh, I worked inside that uh, behemoth organization for a while uh, as a contractor. So I work for a company that has contracts with Amazon. And I was treated as an Amazon employee working inside of the, you know, inside of their offices. But um, it's not 80%. The philosophy is 80%. It's more like you hit 60, you go. Yeah. Which, which has its own issues. If you're, if you're making decisions based on 50 or give it 60%, you might be going the right direction, but you're so close to that hairy edge. There's a lot of churn associated with redoing and figuring it out. And I I don't disagree with the philosophy of it. Don't, you don't need to wait until you have all of the answers to move forward, but there's such a fast pace there. And there's so much that people are trying to demonstrate so quickly to demonstrate their value, I guess, to the organization that people are really shooting from the hip in a lot of cases, at least in in the part of the organization that I was in anyway. Yeah, no, it makes sense. You're right. It could become a feedback loop and all of a sudden you're just like, moving to move right yeah well we want to give you a quick shout out here lynn apparently is agreeing with you that you are far from complacent (laughs) that hair is that you uh, are you who are you talking lynn oh lynn you see the picture on there no oh you're on your you're on your small phone oh yeah that's when we were um that's when we arrived in Germany on our boat. We bought our boat in Sweden. And that, that's when we were leaving our boat in Germany to come home for Thanksgiving last year. About this really? time last year, yeah. And my hair had definitely grown <laughs> quite a lot. Very European look. Good for you. <laughs> so you bought your boat in Sweden, and then you went to Germany. We now- sailed Sweden, Denmark, Germany. And then I went back with my brother-in-law and we sailed, uh, he's a ship's captain and we sailed, uh, Germany to the Netherlands through the knock canal. And, uh, that is a 60 mile, 62 mile long canal, uh, that cuts across the top of Germany where it separates Germany from Denmark. And, uh, it's a shortcut. So we went through there together and then I shipped the boat from Netherlands to Florida and we picked it up in Florida and enjoyed some warm weather last winter. And then ships it up here and now wow. call it home. When you ship the boat, I I think I saw a YouTube video on this one point in time where there's a type of boat that like sinks, goes underneath the other boats and then lifts them up into its own like hull or something like that. Yeah. Is that what happened? No, that's not what happened for us, but that does exist. So they're called okay. float on, float off. So this the ship actually submerges itself or the deck of the ship submerges so they can put boats on and off of the deck of the ship 
<clears throat> our situation was a little bit different. That type of technology wasn't available going out of the Netherlands at that time of year. So we took uh, the deck of a cargo ship. So they hoist, we pu I pulled the boat up alongside of the ship. They put a big crane hoist around it and lifted it off and put it on the deck of the ship with some other boats, strapped it down and off to the airport I went. <laughs> They so leave cool. they leave the mast up, they leave all the gear on. It's very, very, very wow. easy on the boat. Gotcha. So then yeah. they just hoist it at the other end, you're you're good to go. Yeah. It's really neat. Wow. How did you learn about all that stuff? What uh, how, how what was the length of that journey when you were like, how am I gonna get a boat across the world? Well, there's three acronym there's an acronym with three letters in it. Starts with F. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Um, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I've been sailing all of my life. So the sailing, the sailing and boating portion of the transaction was really easy for me. Okay. It was the, the moving, like buying a boat in a foreign country is not an easy task. We had to take a loan. You have to find a lender to lend on a boat that's not in the country. They don't like to do that. Uh, when we bought the boat, there are different laws in Sweden about registration so the boat was not registered to its previous owner there was no registration paperwork nothing to say he owned it just a letter from him saying i own this boat okay. <laughs> the bank doesn't really want to lend on that this so is... we had we... so you're not a pirate then you didn't just take it from someone <laughs> i am pirate through and through my friend i'm sure you are <laughs> i just don't pillage <laughs> that's the key um, it was just a journey. So we, we found the boat and, uh, jumped through a lot of hoops, uh, over the course of like maybe three months. I put a lot of time into it. Lynn was very patient with me. She helped, but she just supported me while I worked through and churned through a lot of figuring it out. Yeah. Uh, I pushed people really hard to make the transaction happen. And luckily I did because, you know, we, we put, uh, we put our boat, names, name of the boat's Happy. We put Happy on the ship in Netherlands. I want to say it was second week of November. <clears throat> it was cold. There was snow starting to happen. And that was the, I think that was the last ship that was going to take boats out that season. So if we missed that, we would have had a boat in Sweden for a year. And we didn't really want to own a boat in Sweden. Sweden's a beautiful place and I'd go back anytime. However, we wanted our boat here. So <laughs> So with that, uh, we working backwards, we just had a timeline we had to stick to and which meant I had to do an awful lot of stuff to get stuff done. But, but learning about the shipping of the boat, uh, Google's a great resource. It's kind of normal. A lot of people don't say, figure that stuff out though. Well, when, when you have a, when, when you've got something you want, you figure out a way, right? I suppose that's true. So Lynn did talk to you about project-based learning. This was no different than a project for me. And I learned a lot of stuff while I was doing it. Yeah. So when you're invested, when you have a reason to figure it out, man, it makes it fun to learn. And I don't want to say that it was always fun to get it done. Because I'd say I probably put four, 30, 30 hours a week into the boat for the course of maybe three months into, into getting the transaction done. And, you know, that on top of a family and a full-time job, it's, it's a lot. But yeah. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I am so happy 
no pun intended, with this boat. And uh, and Lynn and I are you know living a lifestyle that we've been working towards for a long time. That is awesome. What do you what do you what do you do? What do you do when you dream of what you look like when you're when you finally hit fifty? How old are you? I can't tell how old. Forty three <laughs> in December. <laughs> um, you know what is. What, what gets you, I think you asked this actually to Lynn, what gets you up in the morning? But I'm asking it a different way. Like, what do you aspire to become when you grow up? Oh boy. For me, I know it's pirate. So I'm already mostly there. You are almost there. Yeah. <laughs> what do I aspire to become? That's a great question. I, I think that has, my, my answer is going to be vague. Uh, because... I don't, here's, here's what I think. Uh, all of my experience, all of my uh, skills, all of my connections, I want them to, to have like maximum value. Not necessarily for me. I'll, I, I will generate my own experience of value from how they're valuable for everybody else. I want, I, I just, I, I want to see it leveraged. I want to see all that stuff just leveraged in the biggest way possible. That's, that's what's currently getting me up. So uh, I, I put it actually on the back of my business card. Uh, I, I did these new little business cards at one point. And on the back of it says, um, and I might change the wording on this a little bit, but the, the current wording says, I help solve problems, uh, meaningful, measurable problems for organizations that change the world. I help solve meaningful, measurable problems for organizations that change the world. And the, and just like that other quote that you has been meaningful for you from Marshall, for me, it's a filter. Is right. the problem, first of all, is the organization changing the world in some measurable way, right? Like, is it big? Is it a world-changing opportunity or their world, right, at a certain scale? Uh, that's important to me. The other thing is, is, is what I'm asked to be involved in, is that measurable? Like, will you know when I'm successful? Will I know when I'm successful? Mm. I'm not going to just, you know, turn more widgets. It's just not meaningful to me, which is the third one. Is it a meaningful problem? Or can kind of anybody just do this thing? Because if anybody can do it, you don't need me. I and I'm not going to be. I won't be engaged enough in that. And so, I do this in micro ways, right? I do this on Coffee with Humans. I love this platform. It's been very meaningful for me. And it and you know, like your feedback, you you love it too. And I'm a little amazed because I don't. I I'm just amazed. But if I if I approach it this way, that uh, for whatever reason this happens, when every time every time somebody's come on coffee with humans, it's a great time. It's, I've never had a bad call. I expect I'll get one at some point in time, but I figure I'll turn it to a good call. And and the connections to all of these all these people has just been amazing. Like it's been absolutely amazing. I'll talk with somebody who's going through a tough time and you know, before they were live, we we got into all sorts of stuff. 
And I would say, you know who you need to talk to? You need to talk to so-and-so. And it was somebody that I had met, hmm. you know, just randomly. <clears throat> I, I That's why, you know, on the, on the website, it says it's a sacred space to connect, share, and change the world. And I really do believe, I, I attempt, I make every effort to live like this, that when two or more people are sitting around, it's a sacred space. And you can change the world quite literally in ways that nothing else on the planet can. There's not an animal that can be like, you know what, today, I don't like my environment. I'm going to go do something different. Nobody, nothing. It's only us. It's only you. It's only me who can be like, you know what, this job thing that I've got, I'd like to do something different. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to plan for the future so that I can go buy a boat in Sweden and I can go sail to here and I can ship it across the world and I can then, you know, figure out how to, to move into my future. We create, that's what we do as people. We create and sometimes we can destroy things and we can destroy things that we no longer need, which is great. We can also destroy things that we did need and we didn't realize it until it was gone. But that's what we get. We have this tremendously creative energy, and it only comes about when we connect with one another. That's, hmm. to me, I. it's just where I'm at right now. It's And and sometimes I apply that to you know clients. I've got people that I work with and stuff. But sometimes it's just talking with people. Uh, and, and really, I think it's amazing. It's absolutely a sacred space, and I love it. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really neat work that you're doing. I, I, I think it's interesting that you, uh, this isn't, <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, <clears throat> excuse me, correct me if I'm wrong, but this isn't a business. You're not, you're not monetizing this, right? This is something you're doing. <laughs> Do you have ways, it, hey, if anybody wants to sponsor this, like call a brother up. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's so interesting that you can go down this path connecting people, connecting with people, connecting other people together and not knowing necessarily where it will lead you and not necessarily guiding it to any particular purpose right now, but it will change and it will grow into something. It, this is a very interesting concept. So I, I don't know what it might grow into, who knows, right? But a little bit either. like going, getting lost in a city. Yeah. Put your phone down, go out, go get lost and see what comes, see what transpires or manifests same kind of deal here. Yeah. You're you're heading down a path, you just don't know where you're going yet. That's true. And I've seen I I like before I launched this thing, I've seen this uh these aptitudes or something like that, whatever it is in me that that launches me in this crazy direction. I I could I've done this in business. You know, so I you know, I'm I've got a client right now. I'm tasked with making these connections and uh with people I've never met, uh having discussions that I've never had in an environment where you know i'm required to now be kind of a pseudo expert on their products and you know so i was off uh i was off at a show trade show before you know covid and just scoping out like the people i wanted to talk to and i plopped my butt down at a seat over lunch and all of a sudden i'm making friends with those people and i have something that i need to talk to them about i'm like uh they're just the right person that I want to talk to at that moment. And I just make the connection and it yields great results. I'm good at it. 
And it's one thing to do that to sell stuff. Uh, it's an entirely different thing to just say, you know what, we're going to change the world. In the meantime, we might some sell some stuff. But like, if we're not about changing the world, I think we are selling ourselves short. Hmm. We are the only thing on the planet that can change the world. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I, I don't know that I've ever thought in those terms. So you're challenging my challenging my ingrained ways and i love it all 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 of the world is waiting on us <laughs> and it Incredible. bends to our will yes it does <laughs> um are you are you familiar with uh, b corporations in very vague terms okay you're in chicago right i am well outside of chicago but oh, yes to the north yeah, nor Northern Illinois. Okay, I've got some friends up there. I used to work at uh, 79th and 79th and Kedzie down south. Oh yeah, cool. cool. <laughs> Rough part of town. <laughs> Ten years ago. Um, uh, what did I ask? Oh, B Corps. Yeah. So, well, uh, you're talking about being in business for yourself. It's uh, we've had our own businesses together over over the years, and one of the last businesses we owned was uh we we structured as a b corp <clears throat> and i'm not here to be a proponent of uh reorganizing companies as b corp but but i like the philosophy of b corp so talk about a company who's out trying to change the world mm -hmm. the philosophy of b corp is triple bottom line so you have to be a b corp you have to demonstrate that your people processes and technology support the tenants of the B Corp methodology, or maybe there's even an assessment, I can't remember. So you have to have a triple bottom line. You have to demonstrate that you are taking care of people, profits, and planet. Or though you have this, this bottom line that's focused on those three. So you have to give away a portion of your revenue. It has to be donated. You have to take care of people in a certain way, giving them time off and time to, to volunteer and a company is not just focused on its profits. Mm -hmm. So I really like that philosophy. I'm seeing more and more companies now. The, the B Corp logo is uh, on those products. And it's interesting. Now I'm realizing, oh, it's becoming enough of, it's becoming mainstream enough that I can actually vote with my dollars, if you will, mm -hmm. shop with, shop with, the intention of supporting those types of businesses. And although it's maybe not as grand as, uh, as you're proposing changing the world, you know, we, we can all do a small part in yeah. making a difference. Absolutely. That does change the world. Every individual will change the world. Hmm. You know, it's a, a great river is redirected by little, every little grain of sand. It just takes enough of them building up. That's another good one. I like talking to you. <laughs> How many people have you ever had on here that you've had on more than once? Uh, only a handful. <sighs> You're welcome to come on. Dang, I thought it was going to be your first. <laughs> Again. <laughs> uh oh, stop! Come on, keep it. Clean. Stop that. Keep it clean. <laughs> well, hey, at the at before we were on, I asked if you like playing games. Yes. I'm trying something new. You want to, you're, you seem like you're up for things that are new. Um, generally so. 
What kind of game are we playing? Well, I asked you to have a piece of paper handy. And I came up, uh, I have, yeah, we need a piece of paper, you need a pen. And I have a timer. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to set the timer for don't 10 do well seconds. Under pressure, especially <laughs> 10 seconds of pressure. Come on. I believe in you. You're one capable dude. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I really don't, but I'm guessing. Oh. <laughs> All right. Ten, so I've ten, got my timer seconds. here. Right fast. Okay. It's going to be 10 seconds and then we'll be able to we'll be able to hear it when it goes off. I'm going to pull up a random animal name. Okay. okay. It's just going to be a random animal. I I don't know these either. I'm I'm legit just clicking a button okay. for random random <laughs> random <laughs> Why did they do that? Randomal. Why is it randomlists.com? <laughs> Just call it random. That's great. <laughs> Randomal.com. I'm a I am a domain hoarder too. I should buy that. <laughs> and what are we going to try to accomplish in these 10 seconds? You're gonna draw the animal. Oh goodness. That is that's a terrible idea. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I was good at this either. We're just going to do it. <clears throat> so we're going to try. <laughs> we're right. going to try it. And then you have to show your picture yeah, to the camera. I, think, I figured that was coming. That's, yeah, that's, that's, your, that's uh, what we get to do to embarrass you. I'd, I'd like to. Uh, no, no, no. I'm not going to be embarrassed. Good. Me neither. I, I, I want to add. You, you brought the challenge. I'm adding to it. Oh, okay. I didn't say you could add. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Is this my show? <laughs> hey, I'm your guest. <laughs> uh, you're not allowed to lift your pen off the paper. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. I love okay. it. Okay. That's, that is a great ad. Man, you're such a good guy. All right. <laughs> Tell Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She knows. Okay. She ten, just forgets. Ten seconds. That's uh, okay. That's not. That's not oh, long. but I have. Ooh, here's my intro for it. Watch this. That's my. That's my intro for the game called Quick Draw. <laughs> I'd rather shoot from the hip. Quick draw. Shoot from hat the hip. Pa Pow. Look how bad. Oh, sorry. Oh, ow. All right. Let me get let me get myself ready here. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to click the button. Uh, it's going to show me a random animal name. I'm going to tell you the name. At the same time I tell you the name, I'm going to click go on my timer. And then I'm going to start drawing as well. Okay. And then pens up at the end of the timer. Okay. All right. And sheep. Oh, 10 seconds last longer right. than I thought. <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll make it five next time. <laughs> no, 10 was good. Okay. <laughs> Here's mine. <laughs> Down a little. Nice sheep. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah, New Zealand quality right there. <laughs> it's half shorn. I call it. I call it half shorn sheep. <laughs> I am. Uh, I think my sheep is part turtle. Oh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> it's got no neck. 
How does it? <laughs> well, I couldn't lift the pen to get down. I had to put a smile on it, He's and then keyed. I lifted my pen. How did you do that? How'd you get a smile with no? Oh, look at that little swipey do. Yeah, that's pretty good. Here's the no thing: tail. I don't think it's a, no, it's, a, it's a tailless uh, turtleneck sheep. Uh oh. Some Facebook user said, Jason, I think you lost control. <laughs> <laughs> I never had control. It's fine. Uh, and then pretty snappy. Hey, we're getting some feedback from these. This is good. Loving it. All right. One. Uh, let's see. Are we going to do another one? Oh, oh okay. We should All do right. this again. <laughs> Left-handed? <laughs> oh, wait. Come Opposite on. handed? <laughs> really? No, not left handed. Okay. You want to try we, it? No, no, definitely not. Okay, because that's going to go all sorts of terrible. Uh, are we all are right. we still doing uh, no lift? I like that idea. No lift seems like a great idea. Okay. And if you uh, lift, you got that's the end, right? Yeah, that's true. When you lift, you're done. Okay. okay. And hold on. Click. Impala. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> I feel like you I'll, should. I'll, I'll I feel go like first. you have to go first. I will. I, I, um, I'm going to preface this with, I didn't know that Impala was an animal, so I had to go with what I... <laughs> Come on! That's... <laughs> what the hell is an Impala? Um, it's, it's, like a, it's like a deer with, like, really long antlers. The really straight ones? The really straight... I think so. From Africa? Mine... It's just the head, yeah, really. That's that's okay. It's got a good neck. And he also well, looks like he's wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> a little one. A tiny little <laughs> impala hat. <laughs> All right, one more. Sure. Okay. This time pick a real animal, would you? I <laughs> <laughs> your other option was newt. <laughs> At least I know what that is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we should pick bacteria or something. Like, you know, <laughs> viruses? Chemical equation. Viruses. Viruses. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. <laughs> Click. <clears throat> Blue crab. It helps that I have a blue pen. <laughs> Come on. I don't know. That's my hey, blue that's, crab. That's pretty good. I like the whiskers. It looks... <laughs> Those are the feet. <laughs> I know, but they look like whiskers. I, I don't know what is it. It doesn't look like a crab at all. Well, it's got little crab claws. I'm just going to tell you, you win this round. <laughs> you just like swirl. 
Huh. I don't know why I had to draw the ground. <laughs> yeah, don't waste time drawing the ground. Then I had to backtrack to get to the crest. Like I could have just yeah, drawn the ground. Okay, lightning round. One more. Okay. Me... All right. Fine. One more. All right. Since you're not running the show anyway. I know. <laughs> I agree with whoever said I lost control. That is totally true. <laughs> All right. One, two, three. Click. Buffalo. Oh, shoot. Oh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no. Okay. That's it. It's over. I feel like that was a fast 10 seconds. That felt pretty short. Okay, I, I think you're I, up. I, I, oh, whatever, whatever well, that that's is. pretty good. He's standing in air. I am struggling to figure out which is the head. <laughs> it's the part with the horse. <laughs> that's nice. So this this is supposed to be the horn antlers, but I realize it looked more like a, a steer's horn. Not antlers. Mm -hmm. Buffalo don't have antlers. I don't know what they have. I guess they have horns. I think they... Uh, do they? Do they just mm -hmm. have ears? Yeah, they have horns. Have but it's not, like a, it's not like a... It, it's not like a steer's horn. Well, maybe it is, actually. I don't They're good know. eating one way or the other. <clears throat> Go ahead. Um, <clears throat> How'd you do? <laughs> really well. Not, not a bad. It you look at the pen, right? <laughs> at the end, <laughs> right at the end. It reminds me of um, oh, what's the? Uh, oh, it reminds me of Eeyore. Yes, yeah. you drew Eeyore. If he went like, yeah, I oh, know he is like that, isn't he? If, uh, no, I think he sta he stands on his hind legs, doesn't he? Eeyore. I don't remember. I don't either. He has Eeyore's head, though. Eeyore's face. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look it up. <laughs> yep, he's a, he's a cutie. Eeyore's a cutie. I like oh, you. Man. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend everybody I know talk to you. All right. All three you people. Should. Absolutely, everybody should talk to me. Yes. Coffeewithhumans.com. Love it. You're going to hear from some people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how, fantastic. How, how often yeah. do you do these out of curiosity? I know you, I know our time's up, but uh, I mean, I went to schedule it and it looked like you were doing, yeah. you know, 20 a day, but no, it'll limit it to one a day max. Okay. Uh, but I just redid the schedule this past weekend for only live shows. I'll do as many as people schedule the it's, it's balanced out to do one per day every week if it peaks at that see when i was recording them i got up to i got up to one or two a day early on that's too much okay so are you at capacity though are you doing one a day nope no okay yeah. i have not turned on i haven't all right i'm ready to though i'm uh let's do it let's make it happen I, and i actually control, am looking... I'm, actually, I'm gonna turn the dial for you Okay, great. And I am I am looking for sponsors because I think uh, it would be it'd be good. We need a no, coffee no, no. company. You, wait a second. You just what? broke your rule number one. One rule, no business. Damn no it. advertising. 
right. I apologize for that. We'll see what we can do. We want to support <laughs> you. This is great. All right. Well, Hugh, I'll talk to you in just a little bit. But for everybody else, this has been Coffee with Humans. You have managed uh, to spend an hour with us talking about nothing. <laughs> Good times. And, and yet something, uh, and I hope everybody found some value off of that. If nothing else, uh, take the take that game. Man, I think everybody should try that game with a friend. But not in a car. That's not a car game. Because the Could driver be. can't. Not for the driver. The driver can't do it. Yeah. All right. I'll see you soon, Hugh. Thank you. Go with peace. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. Coffeewithhumans.com.